Welcome, everyone, to Beyond the Panel, brought to you by Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester, and Westchester's ultimate headhunter, the Headless Horseman. I'm your host, Kai, and we're here to give the Talent Tuesday panelists an opportunity to follow up and dive a little deeper into the subject matter they recently spoke to on the webinar. Today, we are talking to Russell M. Yankwit. Russell is one of Westchester County's most highly respected attorneys. Prior to founding Yankwit LLP in 2009, Russell worked at the prestigious New York City law firm in Skadden Arps and served as an assistant United States attorney in the Southern District of New York and was a federal law clerk in the Eastern District of New York, where he fostered relationships with the bar and bench that he draws on to this day. Welcome to the show, Russell. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Wonderful to have you. So tell us a little more about what uh, you and your company do in Westchester County. Thank you. We do high stakes bet the company litigation. So when a company is fighting for its very existence, they come to us uh, as we are trial attorneys and we fight for them. Wow, it's uh, pretty pretty straightforward, that simple? <laughs> it's never that simple. It's quite stressful because you're dealing with somebody's entire livelihood, uh-huh. the existence of their company, all the money for their families for generations. Um, we enjoy the fight, but it is a stressful business. Gotcha, gotcha. And as I understand it, you have historically been a hybrid company or flexible, or how do you want to kind of uh, refer to yourself in that way? Sure. By way of background, I started the company 14 years ago at the kitchen table. Some people say that proverbially, but this was actually a kitchen table, just me uh, with my computer, printer, and a fax machine. And I wanted to grow a company where we were in Westchester, but we could work anywhere where I could be home for my two young children and I could hire people who wanted a work-life balance, Mm. Um, both because it was the right thing to do um, and because you could hire really qualified attorneys who were not getting that in New York City at the time. This was all pre-COVID, obviously, before other people were offering work-life balance issues. Right. Um, And so I created a company where people could work very hard to the highest quality litigation in Westchester County um, but also make a soccer game. So it means you mm-hmm. might come home afterward and do more work. I would tell people during their interview process, I can't guarantee every soccer game, but you should shoot on nine out of 10 soccer games, school performances, track meets, whatever you have. And we try to do our best to keep up with that. Right. Wow. And, you know, I really appreciate that because, you know, we were talking before we started recording. I literally had a baby <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, so I really do appreciate that you were sitting around your kitchen table um, in that mindset, because I know after we hang up on this recording, I'm going to go upstairs, and give my wife a break um, and, <laughs> and do the burp and swaddle and nap time. Um, so I do really appreciate that, that hybrid and flexibility. So can you tell me a little more about that decision process though kind of like what emotionally like were you going through that made you kind of want to you know kind of take control uh, of your work-life balance in that way sure so i grew up in a family of lawyers and i understand all the demands on being uh, a high quality lawyer and in particular were litigators which are trial attorneys which is the most stressful type of lawyers and frankly the most demanding in terms of hours and i had one child who was about two and a half, three years old. And we were in the process of adopting a baby from Taiwan. And I wanted to be home and it would be a challenging time for family to bring her home. And I wanted to create this law firm. I never thought it'd be a 25 person law firm, which it is today, but I thought we'd have four or five people. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be very present in my family and also perform high quality work for my clients. So 
again, before COVID, we created a uh, infrastructure that allowed people to work remotely. Indeed, one of my first hires, she was from a top New York City law firm, and she commented in the first week that she was amazed that the interface we had with our system was no different than she had in New York City, that she could get on seamlessly from her home and could work uh, at the office. This hire, she's a, her name's Dina Hammerman. She was my second hire. And at the time, she wanted to work remotely. She had three young children. And that was almost impossible in New York City. Right. So she came in about once a month for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she performs great work. She does a lot of editing and brief writing which you can easily do from home. There's no reason you need to be in the office for that. Right, right. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Westchester Business Council, right, is we're, we're seeing talent leave Westchester yes, for uh, opportunities that, are, you know, maybe are more flexible or, or less traditional um, in that sense. And, you know, you were ahead of the curve because you you had pinpointed that work-life balance issue. Not A, there's a pandemic issue, how do we work, there's a work-life balance issue, and that kind of came to the front, right, as as we kind of lived and learned through through the last few years. So I guess when it, you, you mentioned you scaled a lot larger than you had, were anticipating. So what what was your role in kind of educating employees in, into being good hybrid workers? Treating people like adults, whether they're a paralegal, a secretary, counsel, partner, associate, and knowing they can do a great job. Now, for some people, it's easy to measure that because lawyers bill by the hour. Okay. And every Monday, I see the prior week's hours, so I know exactly how hard people are working. Mm-hmm. Um, what separates us from other firms is the way we treat our staff. Right. So, and that's from day one. So when we do dinners and parties, staff and lawyers are treated the same. Everyone gets, uh, I do a firm gift every year. And staff and lawyers receive the same gift. Um, two years ago, I gave everybody a Peloton in the pandemic. Oh, cool. Including the receptionists and the secretaries and the paralegals. So by treating people like adults and equally, mm-hmm. um, our paralegals are fantastic. And right. when they work at home, um, I don't think they're folding laundry and going for walks and watching soap operas. They're right. doing actual legal work. And I've never had, not once since I started, I've ever called somebody, not had a call back within half an hour. Yeah. Within 30 seconds. Sure. But always within half an hour. Wow, that's great. And so yeah, I really liked how you highlighted equity, right? Um, everybody kind of benefits um, from from what you're able able to share. And yeah, I, I think just personally it reminded me of, of, of a job I had formerly that, you know, I think there, there were certain people in the company it was clear they they were benefiting from flexibility and, and no one else really was. And I always, that kind of always stuck with me as, you know, what, what was the why behind that? Right. Um, so I, I think I love that idea of equity and clearly um, that, or maybe I shouldn't say clearly, but it, it probably shows itself in retention in, um, in people like kind of showing up wanting to do good work day to day. True. And I mean, it's not complete equity. I mean, sure. We, we have a fabulous receptionist, mm-hmm. uh, best receptionist I've ever even seen in my life. And she comes in five days a week. Um, you know, she lives two blocks from the office. And it's important to me that when clients come, we do have a receptionist here. Sure. Okay. So even on Fridays where there's nobody in the office, she still shows up. And that way, if there's an unexpected crisis, which is almost always expected when you're a litigator, 
she's there and she can help out. So she does come in five days a week, which I greatly appreciate. So it's not 100% equity. That's hard to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about that, though, right? It's not all jobs aren't hybrid friendly, aren't remote friendly, right? There are certain jobs that do require to be in person. But what's important is that's communicated, you know, up front, like within your hiring processes, at your check-ins, just the expectations of the role. Um, Because what what we see happen is you lose talent when you're not clear about those expectations up front, right? So if I'm a hybrid working environment and I lead with that in my marketing when I'm looking for new roles, who am I not going to see come into my funnel? Well, that'd be folks who really benefit and value being 100% in person. Um, and, you know, and, and who who are you going to get into those funnels? So no, I would just add that um, I made this point in the panel discussion that I think with law, you can't be 100% remote. There are intangible things I can still teach people. That's hard if you're always remote. Yeah. Um, so I do require once a month, I check in with every attorney. So they're coming in that one day. We do do a firm lunch probably two, three times um, a month. Um, today it's a beautiful day. I'm getting smoothies for everybody. So we try to have little treats in the office. But I do think there's learning that happens only in the office. Sure. And I know that if I'm having a settlement conference or a new client call or something complicated or interesting, um, I might grab an associate who's here and say, hey, do you want to just listen to this? You know, we're not going to build a client for it, but it's a good learning opportunity. That can be done by Zoom, but candidly, we're all very busy. I mean, I have a Zoom starting 30 seconds when this is over. Mm-hmm. It's hard to grab people. So right. when you're in the office, I do think, especially for the uh, the younger people, I do think there's an advantage to be in the office more often. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think also what I hear is like you're establishing trust, right? Um, you, you talked about how you, you bring, you know, new employees in and you treat them like adults, right? Um, and you, you show equity so that, you know, there's trust. But, you know, what's your role as, as the employer um, in helping establish that trust? So like you're, you're talking like check-ins. Um, maybe it is every once in a while, like, like, let's get together in the office. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, you're still real. Like, you know, how are things going? Like what's new? Um, and I know my company looks forward to that, right? Um, we are ones who kind of not necessarily lost the building, but there are a lot of building changes and we are looking forward to like kind of getting back um, into in, in person, uh, but with that idea being flexibility it being hybrid. Can I bring my two month old right uh, to the office that day to kind of like uh, to, to save us some bucks on daycare, right? Um, so it's really just kind of understanding um, stages of life, where people are at and and how you can retain, you know, great talent um, at your company um, while also attracting new talent through these kind of new kind of ideas. Well, not necessarily new to you. Again, before the pandemic, we moved to our current office space about seven years ago, and we dedicated a lounge off the kitchen, so it's pretty quiet, with a TV and a couch, um, a nice, some nice chairs. And I know that my kids have done homework there. Nice. Um, if a client now has a child and healthcare, you know, childcare issues, they can go there. And I think clients and employees have really appreciated that over the years. Absolutely. I. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Um, so, you know, as, as for any of our listeners or em- employers that are listening in who are considering a hybrid model, um, I guess what's, what's one thing 
that, that maybe you would recommend they keep in mind to kind of help some of the stuff in motion? Good question. I think they want to know how does it, the technology work at home? Is it going to be frustrating to dial in? Is there going to be a lag? Mm-hmm. We're so busy that you want have to have good internet access. You want to have good software that works. And two, you need to have an employer who you can trust because I know employers that say, oh, come in whenever you want. Don't come in whenever you want. It's totally fine. But I'm not going to promote you. They're not saying the latter part. They, yeah. won't, promote or they won't give somebody a bonus or they won't give them the, the better cases. So, you know, I always tell people when you're looking for a job, you got to look at the person who's writing the checks. Yeah. And can you, does your gut tell you you can trust him or her? Mm-hmm. But do you do diligence, ideally, on him or her and make sure they're man or woman of the word? Because sometimes people are getting penalized for looking at home. Yeah, yeah. That's really, that's really good to say. And I appreciate you ending on that note is, um, you know, I think from the employee side, you know, vet your employer, make sure what they're saying is you can't anticipate that to be true or whoever, but if you're the employer, lead with transparency. Um, just just be upfront with that piece. Like, if you choose to come into the office, you have a higher, I don't know, a faster track to, to maybe where you want to go. Like, lead with that, right? Because um, then you're getting exactly who you want, people who will come into the office. The other thing I would just add is you also need to be careful because with the hybrid environment, sometimes employees can feel like they're always working. Mm-hmm. So because there's no set schedules anymore, some employees or some employers will email late at night because they did. I personally do dinner much more with my kids now than I did beforehand, mm-hmm. which is great. But I sign on late at night and I begin almost every email. I have a macro on my computer that says um, no need to respond to this until tomorrow morning. Nice. Appreciate uh, that. Sometimes I'll delay the email until 9 a.m. the next day. Uh-huh. Um, but you got to see what the environment is there. You don't want to feel like because you're, you're having a hybrid environment that you're always on. Like that's right. not there either. Right. And yeah, and no, I appreciate that too, because as the boss, you know, you could be sending a hidden message, right. By sending an email at nine. But if you make sure the expectation is my schedule is not yours, right. Um, if I'm working, it's because I choose to be, but here are the expectations of the job when it's hybrid. It's just being clear about that. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Big thanks to you, Russell. Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester, and Westchester's ultimate headhunter, the Headless Horseman. Be sure to check out thebcw.org for upcoming webinars and events, including Talent Tuesdays. Thanks again, Russell. Thank you. All right. Until next time, everyone, take care. Take care.